Here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly. And voila, you get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, but count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real-world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky. Hello, and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast. I'm your host, David Turetsky. Like always, we try and find brilliant people inside and outside the world of HR to talk to you about what's going on with HR data, analytics, technology, and processes. Today, we're still at the 2022 HR Technology Conference in the beautiful Mandalay Bay Convention Center here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're speaking today with my friend Mark Hansen, who's VP of Strategy with Lightcast, which is formerly MZ Burning Glass. So totally new branding. And if you want to talk about that, you can, Mark. Oh, absolutely. By the way, welcome. Yeah, no, thank you for having me again. This is so fun. And yeah, we're always excited to be here at HR Tech. Always excited to talk to our friends, you know, with you you guys and your company. It's been wonderful uh, to just stay connected throughout these years. So yeah, pleasure to be here. Yeah, like you said, new name, just rebranded a couple months ago, earlier in the summer. And we spent a year with a very awkward name of MZ Burning Glass, but it was great yeah. for transitioning all of our customers and right. letting the market know that we're one big, huge, you know, data set now. And right. we, we got a chance to merge that together and, and kind of do the, you know, proper transition right. to get to a new name and did the proper research around that. And so Good. now, you know, we're excited about the rebrand because now we have a simpler name, something right. that's very flexible and open that we can continue to add to our services and all of our solutions. And so it, it's a perfect fit for where we're going next. And, you know, really the theme is like, how do we shed light on, you know, dark places like, there you go. like data sets, all that yes, fun stuff? How, exactly. do, how, how do we how do we surface all those insights? So that's where we're going. And you could find them at lightcast.io, correct? .io. There yeah, that's that's the big the big one. All the dot coms are gone. So yeah, uh, all the TLDs <laughs> are gone. All the good ones. So Mark, the one thing that no one knows about you. Ooh, so I'm super into cooking shows and I don't actually cook. I just love watching cooking shows. <laughs> so that's while you're eating popcorn. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm having a very simple meal. I watch fancy cooking shows, but yeah. no, I love, love just the process. It's so relaxing. So that's, yeah. that's how I unwind. And that's usually something I don't divulge to everybody, but yeah, there you go. Now the world knows. Yeah, that's right. But by the way, my son wa- loves Gordon Ramsay oh, and loves awesome. watching kitchen nightmares. Yes. And so we watch all the old seasons, even well, the newer they're, they're not on anymore, but we watch all of them. So, yeah. yeah. So good. It's, Our kids yeah. are into it too. They love the British accent and Gordon Ramsay and Gotta he love gets Gordon. all fired up. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Gotta love Gordon Ramsay. Hopefully we'll have him on the HR Daily Podcast <laughs> at some point. Someday. Hopefully he'll listen to this and then go, hmm, yeah, maybe I should be on that. <laughs> Not trying to do a British accent at all, by the way. So, our topic for today, Mark, is looking at HR data in the world of 2022, what surprised you, what didn't surprise you, and the impacts on HR technology. And then looking at 2023 and putting on your prognosticator hat and predicting what's going to happen in 2023. Yeah. 
Well, it's so interesting because, you know, coming off of COVID and all of the transitions that had to happen for, you know, even people analytics, uh, just general HR teams in general of the pivot they had to make from sure. basically halting all the cool stuff that they were working on. Right. And they had to switch to safety dashboards and oh, how yeah. do we de redeploy people to go remote. And so you took a lot of really powerful, you know, roadmaps and completely got disrupted. And so threw them out the window, basically threw them out the window. And what was fun about 2022 is like as they came off of that and as restrictions opened up and, you know, people were getting back to work. It's like, oh, now we got to go find people again. Now we got to right. re-energize, you know, all of our workforce. We have to go hire again. How are we keeping people? And, you know, we dealt with the great resignation and people are just, you know, desperate. So they're just increasing wages like in salaries like crazy yeah. and people are just getting poached. And so yeah. it wasn't people are quitting and not working more. It was people just jumping ship. So it was yeah. it, more of a great reshuffle as, you know, some, yeah. some have termed it. Sure. And now all of the people analytics and talent intelligence and workforce you know planning efforts have to be re-energized yeah. and so there's been a new new way to do that and now scale was the biggest theme that, sure. that we saw is like we had to halt all of our operations we had many people doing you know kind of bootstrapping a lot of spreadsheets and government you know, reporting yeah. yeah bringing in yeah government reporting you know and doing the safe reporting well now we had people leave on our team. We got to get back more. And so everybody's been looking for more scalable solutions sure. in the marketplace to say, we got to reevaluate our HR tech stack. We have to really think about scalable reporting that can react much faster because nobody assumes that, you know, pandemics are no, you know, never going to be a thing again. Oh, There's well, going to be some other yeah, disruption. Monkeypox has now gotten its first death in California. Interesting. Yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. God. So everybody's preparing for those disruptions, whether it's, you know, market troubles, sure. whether it's pandemic. I mean, and so how do we position our workforce and we need good data to make those decisions and we can't get caught off guard like we did last time. I mean, we're kind of living in a constant state of shock and constant state of reaction, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's droughts, whether it's floods or storms, whether it's frankly, you know, Texas had a problem last year where it got really cold all of a sudden and their energy grid couldn't keep up with the demand. So all those things are interrupting the normal course of business and HR has got to react to it. They do. And they're also just planning for their retention strategies. You yeah. know, it's like we not only do we need to react to the big things in the market, but it's like, how do we just keep good people? Yeah. And, you know, and then if we need people, where do we go find them? Because it's getting harder to find people. One of the you know cool things about working for, you know, a data company is we have awesome economists that are sure. writing really fun reports and they're analyzing the market up and down from yeah. all the different areas. And they're like, you know, population trends for the last 50 years, we're not at the replacement rate. We haven't been yeah. at the population replacement rate for a long time. There's actually just not enough workers. Even if everybody started having babies in the, in the next, this couple of years, yeah. it'll be 20 well, years before yeah, they're- a while before they're productive. Yeah. yeah. And so there's trends across the board that are making this talent environment a struggle. And so as companies are thinking, how do we get more sophisticated? How do we link our system so that we can have good view into our current employee base. What skills do they have? How do we move them? How do we you know, build talent? How do we upskill them, reskill them sure. when we need transitions? Because there's businesses are, are always in constant flux of, you know, oh, business strategy changed. Oh, new market opened up. Like they're shifting right. teams constantly. You can't get away with big rifts anymore. You yeah. have to redeploy those people where you can and getting the knowledge of what is that workforce capable right. of. Job titles are no longer useful. They're great for categorization and keeping your systems in order, but we need to have a more in-depth view of what are these people actually, actually doing? doing? What are their yeah. capabilities? What are their skill sets? And how do we 
redeploy them in the right spots where we're growing and, yeah. and where do we go? Yeah, one of the things I wanted to touch on as you were talking about that is thinking about the recessions that have we've seen in the past, which have led to lots of unemployment mm-hmm. and lots of depressionists, you know, lots of like feeling of, oh, you know, I'm not feeling great about my job. I might not spend as much. We're seeing spending through the roof, consumer debt is through the roof. We're seeing unemployment at all-time level lows. Mm-hmm. We're seeing tons of job growth every month, which is just not what you typically see in a recession. And so there's obviously mixed signals going on here. And our, our economists are like scratching their heads going, what the heck's going yeah. on? And if people are considering laying off, the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, should they reskill them and redeploy them instead of letting them go, causing more disruption in the market by letting them go and having those people start getting unemployment higher again? Yeah. No, it's interesting. And as you mentioned, that they're scratching their heads for good purpose because we've never seen this type of market dynamic happen at the same time. So yes, and maybe a definition of it's a recession, but it's certainly not the same as it where it's been in the past. Because yeah. when you have millions of open jobs still and they're seeing job growth, you know, inflation isn't helping that. You know, that's that's part of, you know, sure. companies are yeah. more in a wait and see mode right now yeah. than they are to like, oh, we got to go lay off a bunch of people because it's actually not that bad. And there's the potential for this could turn right. around because there's enough dynamics there that are are keeping this, you know, uplift. You know, obviously the war with Russia and Ukraine doesn't help any, no, any matters no, no, in terms no. of global supply chains. And right. And all the issues there. So and midterm elections, by the way, and midterm elections will be interesting. And gas prices, all the all the fun things yeah. that everyone loves to talk about. But companies, I think, are more in a holding pattern. What's interesting is what we've seen from some of the layoffs, some some of the big companies. We have customers that are cheering because they're like, finally, there's some labor that we can go after. Right, and right. so somebody's you know Skilled downfall labor, is, yeah. is they're getting scooped up quickly because the supply is not there. So great for the candidates right now. They have right. more power than ever to you know find what they need. Companies are still hiring. They're maybe pausing some of the open requisitions that they have to yeah. say, let's not hire too quickly because yeah. it must be an essential job. So that's the general trend is it's we're in kind of a, a hold pattern. There's some companies, though, that are getting massive amounts of funding because there's still lots of money to be invested out yeah. there. And they're hiring as fast as they possibly can with anybody that's available. And they're also offering crazy premiums. Yes, and are. so you're seeing really weird dynamics for some of the top well-funded companies. The more traditional, you know, stable companies, they're being very cautious. But yeah, for, for layoffs, I think most HR leaders need to really think about before we do that, we need to be thinking a little bit ahead. We can't just react to a reception. Where does the business need to go from a strategic standpoint? Where is the operations you know, mechanism that need to still operate? How do we lift and shift these people and be much more strategic? And again, it comes back to data. Do we have views yep. into who's in our four walls? We don't want to go hire expensive talent because it's getting extremely expensive. That's right. What are the levers that we can pull to, to keep them here? Is it better learning? You know, is or it, upskilling other yeah. people to be able to fill in some of that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so redeployment, I think, is the name of the game right now. And how do you get a handle on you know getting yourself in a position to have that talent data at your fingertips to be able to be yes, react when you have to because right. we certainly will have to react to something. But how do we be proactive and be really strategic about how we're doing our talent management? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe. This podcast is made possible by Salary.com. Now, back to the show. So what didn't surprise you about 2022? Everybody's still looking for the best solution. <laughs> Everybody wants the one, one size fits all, right. you know, full end-to-end talent right. solution that can help them with, you know, 
sourcing and recruiting and advertising and you know candidate flow management sure, sure, and sure. and onboarding and then get them in to have the perfect learning system and the perfect you know dashboards and the, all the analytics that and and it and it's just not out there and so a lot of companies are making some big strides but it's we're excited to see that there's more integration happening there's more focus on open source which you know we're certainly all about participating in in the open source world because sure. it, it it's the fastest way to connect good systems together and a lot of these point solutions are getting well funded for a reason because they're solving real problems that some of the big systems can't solve for yet because as you get big and you're a huge company it's hard to deploy every feature perfectly and so that's what excites me about where we're at is there is this shift to say we need to focus on our people in a different way and the systems can help support providing a better experience to retain them to grow them and you know make people's livelihoods better you know yeah. as an end result so i think in the end the employees and and candidates are are still going to be well taken care of in this type of market and so the system issues haven't surprised me and uh, we're seeing really good innovation across the board which is super fun to watch around HR tech, you know, yeah. you see all the fun stuff that's out there and, and the new ways that people are solving really hard problems. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to actually walk around the entire show because it's just so darn big this year. And there's so many new vendors who had not been traditionally, not just at HR tech, but in our space, in the HR space. You know, we've talked to a few companies that are non-traditional HR companies. They're not HR companies at all, but they've seen an ability to take what they've been doing for finance and accounting and marketing and sales and looking at HR with that lens of, hey, we've they've got data, we've got techniques to be able to utilize that. So let's go look at it. And one of the ones we talked about was transition, sorry, conversational AI. Yeah. Being able to use structured and unstructured data to tell employees and managers interesting things about their world when they need it by asking a question four to six seconds, getting a response back. That's amazing. It is. But the data needs to be there yep. or you'll get back. Sorry, someone will return your phone call shortly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you get the dreaded, you know, spinny wheel as it's right. thinking. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, well, Ooh, that was a new one. And yeah. we got to pop up some suggestions for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, we can't find that, but here are three places you can go to get that data. No. Yep. no, hopefully it's not that bad. Exactly. No. Hey, are you listening to this and thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could talk to David about this. Well, you're in luck. We have a special offer for listeners of the HR Data Labs podcast, a free half hour call with me about any of the topics we cover on the podcast or whatever is on your mind. Go to salary.com forward slash HRDL consulting to schedule your free 30 minute call today. So tell me, put on your prognosticator hat. Let's mm -hmm. talk about predictions for 2023 and where is the world of HR data going in 2023? Yeah, I think it's all about partnerships, integrations, and bringing more of these systems together. And along with that is more open system frameworks. How do we plug lots of things in together and be more of the house that plays nice with, with others? And okay. I think a lot of that is the really big customers forcing that on the HR tech vendors. Sure. No longer can you have this isolated, you know, maybe it's the, you know, the old school, you know, service providers and software providers out there that, you know, for many, many years had a monopoly on lots yep. of this. And now it's like, oh, we haven't pivoted fast enough to cloud or we haven't pivoted right. fast enough to, you know, these unique features and solutions that are right. out there to solve our talent management and acquisition needs. So that's that's where I predict is is more 
connectivity, more insights that are being centralized, you know, really cool data platforms that are making data lives easier because you're going to have to scale your teams. You can't just solve it with headcount anymore. You're going to have to solve it with more AI, uh, you know, advanced ETLs yep. to transform that data and take unstructured data and make sense right. of it in, in essentially clean data faster as well. I mean, that's still a right. huge problem yeah. for most companies. Oh, absolutely. Just because your two systems can connect now doesn't mean that that data is clean and ready for reporting. Oh, so yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah. Yep. Especially between sources inside of a company like the GL and HR. Yes. And not being able to get the right data to the GL or having to have companies do a lot of manual work to get one system to work with another. Yes. Yep. This is and, 2022. That's oh, not And even but. simple things like effective dates, you know, and, yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> and getting dropped or, or, you know, missed. It's yeah. just, and you, you need that for trend data for everything. And so, yeah, it, again, it's, I think we're going to see more of what we've seen already this year. I mean, I, I, there's nothing, you know, crazy around the corner that I see that would, um, that would that would change that flow. The talent shortage is still going to be here. We're still going to see companies trying to do more with less headcount, and so systems really can provide a good solution there. But not everything is you know going to be as easy as as their marketing says. And so, how do we continue to, to push for that you know the open nature of, of some of these systems so that we can you know play nice together and get the right insights to the right folks that need it so that our economy can still thrive. Yeah, we've we've called it democratizing data yes. for a long time, and that means that the people who are able to see the data, can see the data when they need to make a decision. And got to facilitate that, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, we're big fans of, you know, open source and, and having standard language across that because, yeah, the, the more we can get people speaking the same language, the easier it is for, you know, the, the hard things of data that we can bypass that right. and get to the really cool things of, you know, good insights at the right time and uh, of delivery and of decision making. And that's where... You know, you know, a good challenge for for all the HR tech vendors of, of how, how, how do we enable that? Because we all have a unique perspective. You know, we approach it from an external labor market data perspective and try to bring those insights in. But we partner with really cool partners that are doing really cool things with, you know, payroll processing and you know, talent acquisition workflows. Uh, you know, so there's there's plenty of really oh, fun yeah. ways to plug in together. Yeah, and and they all provide very valuable, useful signals that help everybody. Yes. Yeah. Not just HR. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you mentioned before, you know, HR having a more prominence in those full operations discussions, we're still seeing that of the people analytics getting elevated. You know, CHROs sure. finally having a huge say in where they're going, and they're going to have even more say in 2023 as the talent shortage is actually real. They're going to feel the pain of not being able to yeah. hire. They're going to feel the pain of their payroll and you know wages going up on their books and saying like, Ooh, how, how can we sustain this? Our margins are being squeezed. They can. And then of course, everything yeah. else is more expensive with, with inflation. How do we think about this? And so the people expense, I feel companies are going to have to have a whole new approach to that of how do we continue to operate well, but how do we maintain those margins? And so the more strategic you can get about where do you find people, how do you optimize your hiring to not just go buy everybody because you can't afford that strategy. The build strategy is going to have to be front and center for redeployments, for internal talent marketplaces, for, you know, splitting jobs apart. Um, you know, looking at gig work, looking at right, how do we right, rethink right. jobs in general? Can right. we can we get two part-time people to do that instead right. of one full-time people? That workforce planning exercise is going to be more prominent. But it requires then the manager to think totally differently, to yes. have that ability to, to search his t- skills taxonomy to say, well, I need this and this and this, and that's all I need. Yep. 
and then send it to HR and HR go, oh, you know, okay, well, that's a gig worker. We can find that gig worker on Fiverr or, you know, wherever. And you don't need to hire someone for that. How long do you need them for? Have we asked that question a lot? How long do you need this job for? How long do you need this gig? What's the project length? <laughs> yep. Well, if it's only five months, then we don't need to hire somebody. We could hire a gig worker for that. And then that gives them an opportunity to think differently about the team and the cost structure underlying it. Yeah. Not everybody needs to be a knowledge worker and not everybody needs to have that intellectual property. And of course, they could be all under NDA, but no one needs to have that intellectual property that you have to retain. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, your core strategic folks, you know, in, in your you know, domain knowledge experts, of course, you need to retain sure. those. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we're, you know, robotics and AI can solve a lot of things, but they can't solve everything. But right. a lot of those repeatable tasks, those short-term projects, yeah, let's bring in the extended workforce so- solution to be able to do that with contractors or gig workers. Yep. But you're right. The whole underlying structure of how we think about work needs to be flipped around a little bit because we think in terms of headcount and we yep. think in terms Always. of filling a seat yep. and we don't want to lose that budget. And yeah, so right. we, we, we got to fill that seat. One of the things I love about how much focus around skills is going on, especially at the conference and and the customers that that we have, is you can finally break down your jobs much easier into understanding what's actually needed to do that. Where do we need to go hire that externally? And is it a hard to find skill set? Or can we find a couple part-time people to maybe, you know, do, do this together? Or can we totally put it into a project or a gig sort of work environment. Right. And we need to stop thinking about headcount and more about how the work gets done exactly. and, and what, what needs to happen and the structure in place to enable that. The one thing I'd add on to that is thinking also about the AI as being a potential for that worker, right? It may cost us a lot of money up front to get the AI cap- capability in-house, but if we can think of that as an investment in the future for when that skill is required again... Granted, maybe there's a way of gig working AI. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but we have to think about that capability of being able to deliver that productivity other ways, too. Oh, no, I'm not, I mean, absolutely. Other ways, you mentioned the other ways, but, but also adding AI and robotics into that. Oh, yeah. In, yeah, what's, what's automated um, or automatable, if that's a word, exactly. about this role? How can we split this apart? Because you certainly need you know, domain knowledge to exist, to feed AI models into it, to make yeah, it work. Right. And so you can't just let go of everyone and right. expect the computer that right. needs to be trained somehow. Right. And so how do we convert some of those roles where we can say, Hey, let's take a part of your role. Let's advance it. It theoretically, it should advance their pay as well, because it's yes. turning them more into a knowledge role and That's less right. into a repeatable task role. And so let's find those experts, let's retain them, let's keep them around, but also let's, let's make work you know, more advanced, more fun, and, and more valuable, and you use those headcount more wisely. Or train them as gig workers to solve the AI problem based on their experience. Let them go and let them be for your competition. <laughs> They're going to set up that same stuff for your comp- competition. Yep. Something to think about, at least. <laughs> exactly. Mark, yeah. it was a pleasure. Anything else that you wanted to talk about for? 2022 or 2023 before we close? No, I think it's it's always a pleasure to, yeah, to stop pleasure. by and, and chat. And it's yeah. fun, to, fun to be in sunny Las Vegas, although I yeah. haven't really been outside yet. Uh, no, it's been a busy, no. busy meeting, but no, it, it's always a pleasure to be here. And yeah, it's fun to chat, talk shop. It's Absolutely. Been, been a pleasure. Mark, thank you very much. Hopefully we'll get to talk soon. Absolutely. But we're definitely going to talk at next year's HR Tech so we can go and check your predictions. 100%. Let's All do right. it. Thanks. Thank you very much, Mark. Take care and stay safe. That was the HR Data Labs podcast. If you liked the episode, 
please subscribe. And if you know anyone that might like to hear it, please send it their way. Thank you for joining us this week and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.